0: You may wonder why do we care about a story regarding Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon? Uh, on the Colina Bradley show here on My Talk. Well, we're about to tell you because it might have uh ins and outs, branches, fingers, uh bits and pieces that go far beyond just this particular individual. You are listening to Colina Bradley here on this beautiful Friday on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer along with Holly Roberts today. This Jeff Bezos story essentially uh Well, it's a series I would love to watch on Netflix or perhaps Amazon Prime, but it involves accusations by the founder of Amazon against AMI, which is the uh, publisher of National Enquirer, that they basically blackmailed and extorted uh, the founder of Amazon uh, trying to influence the Washington Post, an organization which he owns, their coverage of stories. Um, that were politically motivated or they believed were politically motivated. Right. So that story in and of itself, I don't even want to get into the ins and outs because no. like you can turn on any news channel today. <laughs>
1: They'll be able to cover it for you. And Look, you can you actual can,
0: journalists will yeah. give you that story.
1: Hey, true story, Bradley. We're not journalists.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. If you were under the impression we were, I apologize. You can get your money back at the ticket (laughs) counter. But but the reason I want to talk about this is because it turns out there are a lot of legs here. And we need to follow some of the other leads to the story because Jeff Bezos perhaps is not the only one who was blackmailed or threatened by AMI, meaning the National Enquirer.
1: Right. So in Jeff Bezos' letter, he published it on Medium.com. You can read the whole thing for yourself. But in part of this letter, Jeff Bezos says that he's sharing this information, this email that he received from American media, is because he's in a position where you know, airing these details may be embarrassing and uncomfortable, but it's not going to ultimately harm him in the way in his bottom line. But he does note in his letter that there are other people who have been treated in the exact same way and that they've actually conceded to American media because the, the revealing of uh, scintillating information, photographs would actually harm their careers and their livelihoods. So Jeff Bezos being like, look, I'm going to put this out here because I'm in a position where it's not going to harm me. And maybe that this has happened to other people.
0: So Ronan Farrow, how do we know Ronan Farrow?
1: He is the New Yorker writer, the son of Mia Farrow. Now, of course, we became really familiar with Ronan Farrow for his work on exposing Harvey Weinstein. And all of the sexual assault allegations, the start of the Me Too movement, essentially began with Ronan Farrow's investigative journalism.
0: Well, here's but one of the many legs that I mentioned that we might actually continue to pay it, uh, that might require us to pay attention to this story, especially here on my talk. Well, Ronan Farrow (laughs) says that uh, AMI sent him blackmail threats over his reporting on uh, not only the president, but also uh, you'll remember that he was instrumental in the Me Too movement which has so many different bits and pieces and moving parts including but not limited to Harvey Weinstein and there are links between Hollywood mogul now disgraced producer and kingmaker Harvey Weinstein and um, AMI that is the National Enquirer that throw that story into more relief so the point is here this goes deep and wide so even if you know, you're like, why do I care about this Jeff Bezos and
1: in his the politics? Uh, right. And his uh, text messages that he's sending to his girlfriend. Big deal. Right.
0: Yeah. Like maybe he's just uh, ticked off that they published all this stuff about him. And so he's trying to get back at them and blah blah blue. Well, um, if if it then leaks into the territory of because if they did this to him, right, like they could be doing this to a bunch of other people. And the thing that we know about National Enquirer is that um well, they've told salacious stories about all sorts of people. So who else could they have possibly threatened? And now we have at least Ronan Farrow and one other journalist that he references, not by name, uh, that he claims were threatened with uh, you know the same blackmail efforts as Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of feel like there's a lot more going on here. And we're probably going to find out in the days and weeks that come. Uh, If there are other celebrities or people involved, uh, people the subject of reporting by the National Enquirer, reporting in loose quotes by the National Enquirer that feel like maybe uh, they were the victims in the very same way. And now Mm -hmm. that Jeff Bezos has come out, they sort of have the cover to to also come out.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. By Jeff Bezos explicitly saying in his letter that like, look, you know, there are other people who have been treated the same exact way as me and they haven't been able to come forward because it would damage their career ultimately. And those photographs or whatever information the National Enquirer has on them would be so damaging their career would be done. So then, of course, they cooperate with American media
0: or they just don't have the financial wherewithal to defend themselves. Exactly. Even though they might be in the right. And that's the thing that's so frustrating is that when you have and this is the other thing that's frustrating. So, Even in all of this particular salaciousness, if you believed everything that Jeff Bezos says, that doesn't mean that necessarily you can prove that a crime was committed in such a way that uh, the National Enquirer would be held accountable or at least stopped from doing this in the future. Um, what's, What's frustrating about that is that the standard is very, very high, such that, you know, they might, it is possible that they could get away with this kind of behavior on a regular basis, such that. It be, makes you begin to question all of the things, uh, you know, that you've seen. That you've seen from the National Enquirer and other tabloids. Well,
1: and then let's keep in mind the big picture of American, American Media Incorporated. So that's the big umbrella company that owns and publishes the National Enquirer. But, Bradley, not only is it the National Enquirer, but American Media owns the following titles they own In Touch Magazine, Radar Online. Okay, Star, Us Weekly, Life and Style, Globe Magazine, and then they also own a couple of fitness magazines. So a lot of those names are tabloids that people read on the regular. So you might not even know that you're reading coverage that may have been uh you know sourced and gathered in this particular way.
0: That's why we always, you know, while we may not be journalists, Holly Roberts no, we here are on not. the Colleen and Bradley <laughs> we Show. Sure aren't. We are medium watch dogs.
1: Oh yes. At least bark, when it bark. comes to
0: <laughs> At least when it comes to celebrity and pop culture coverage. Yeah. Why? Because when we see a story, and there are others. There are others in this business, Holly, who Would see a story published by People Magazine, let us say, or Us Weekly even, because I think Us Weekly has a certain... Well, uh,
1: Us Weekly is owned owned by by American media. Yeah. Um,
0: Us Weekly has a certain reputation that maybe you could take some of it seriously. Um, There are people who would take a story and say, well, it's reported in People. It's reported in Us Weekly. It must be true. But no, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, the benefit of listening to uh, Colleen and Bradley and my talk 1071, because I think a lot of our shows do uh, this very same thing. When you see a story like that, you ask yourself, why are we seeing that story? Not just like, what is the story? Because you can read the story for yourself. But oftentimes what we do, we're really media watchers. <laughs> I'm overselling us right now. We are a consumer right. advocate organization. No, but Colleen and I frequently, and Holly, of course, you as well, we will ask ourselves, well, why is why is People Magazine trying to get us to believe this? And probably, with the in the case of People Magazine, it's because uh, People Magazine is essentially, let's be honest, an instrument for um, actors, actresses, and celebrities, publicists, and PR outfits to get out news stories that are beneficial to those celebrities. So oh, if totally. you see a story published in people, it means that it's probably going to try to make that celebrity look amazing. Yes. Right? Yes. And consequently, if you now see a story from the National Enquirer, you know, we used to always say, well, it's just fake and it's there to sell tabloids. No. In fact, now we could probably say somebody has a personal vendetta or there's something larger going on behind the scenes, whether it's National Enquirer or, or us weekly. So you have to be critical of why it is that you see stories coming out this way, which doesn't, I don't think take the fun out of entertainment, pop culture and celebrity. news. No, absolutely. It not. just makes you a more informed reader. Thank you. Where's our award?
1: Is it over here? No. I oh, don't think sorry. they've called yet I, I, no, to uh, give us
0: that award. But sad. someday they will. Honestly, though, I I am. Lo- I, this story gives me hope in the sense that it firmly confirm it firmly confirms. Wow, words on a Friday. It confirms for us what we've suspected all along yep. is that publications have motivations to publish certain things. Exactly. Now, and that probably also applies to to actual newspapers as well and it's important to ask those questions, but especially in the realm of entertainment reporting, you have to be very, very careful because there are so, because nobody's paying as close attention. How many days a a week do we read stories from these different websites and publications, quote unquote, and you're, and they just, like, they're horrible. Oh, they're yeah. crap. We right? read
1: the crap for you. We filter through the crap. Because there are a lot of stories. Like you said, Bradley, when you're reading something from People Magazine, understanding that this is a positive press from the publicist, because that's how People Magazine gets access to celebrities, is that they cultivate certain relationships with them. And now we're kind of seeing, the you know, behind the curtain a little bit on some of this stuff.
0: Yeah. God, we're really Woo. doing the Lord's work here, Holly. Truly. Okay, when we come back, we're going to continue to do the Lord's work. We're going to be your mouths, Yay! and we're going to taste some inappropriate food items, deliciously so, during our Cheat Day Friday segment right here on Colleen and Bradley on My Talk 107.1. Welcome back diet lovers we're throwing our diets out the window for this particular segment here on the colleen and bradley show i'm bradley trainer along with holly roberts who will be in this room in just a moment if you want to watch this segment on facebook you can right now on my talk 1071's facebook page it's time for cheat day Friday. friday dirty rotten cheetah cheat day taste test
1: stick this in your mouth
0: okay and we're about to stick some things in our mouth it is a super spectacular cheat day friday Ooh, I'm so excited. Now, you may be wondering uh, when I tell you why we chose this particular day to celebrate something or taste something pumpkin spiced. Okay. Pumpkin spiced, uh, Kellogg's pumpkin spiced frosted flakes. Nothing says... Turning your mic on, honey. (laughs)
1: The ladies who pushes nothing. buttons
0: for a living. I
1: mean, you know, I nothing says fall like a nice blizzard, right?
0: Right. So, um, oh, God, you said blizzard. and made me think a Dairy Queen, but oh, we'll get to that. Mm. No, we had these sitting in our treasure chest of cheat day Friday items, and we have yet to try the Kellogg's Pumpkin Spice Frosted Flakes. Well, we want to try them before. The expiration Before date, which, they by turn the way, stale. is in it, May. So oh, good, we're safe. So uh, we thought we would try them today. We also have something like a super bonus round of Cheat Friday, which we'll get to. But first, Holly, I'm going to open up this. Uh, we already opened up the box. Yes. And smelled. And what was my first reaction to you when we opened the box of Kellogg's Pumpkin Spice Frosted Flakes?
1: Bradley, you said that they smell like Indian food.
0: It smelled like uh, like that, I think just you're smelling spices. cardamom
1: or maybe some kind of spice with the cinnamon and the and, and that. that kind of flavor. Oh, um, Bradley mm-hmm. is showing off the milk over here. I will take a little bit because I feel like these flakes need to be wet. But doesn't
0: it smell? It's not just the cardamom. I think it's the nutmeg and cinnamon. You know, all of those things that are important in Indian cookery. Correct. But it right. smelled a little too spicy, honestly. Like, I'm smelling really? it again. It really does smell. Here, all right. social gonna media, Hannah. I'm going to put some Hannah, in my mouth. Will you yeah, please smell Hannah, that and tell me, all
1: right. tell me uh, what here. you smell?
0: It smells like cinnamon. She says the cinnamon. Cinnamon,
1: all right. So it smells like cinnamon. I'm going to put a little bit in my mouth. Okay,
0: and tell us. These are, again, just regular old appearing frosted flakes that have some spices on them. No. <laughs> that was an instant no. <laughs> I. You didn't even get them in your mouth, and you said no. What do you taste?
1: Well, you taste kind of cinnamon.
0: Kind of cinnamon.
1: And... Not even really pumpkin spice, but then you get the frosted flakes. You get the corn flavor because frosted flakes are essentially corn flakes with sugar, right? So you get that corn forward flavor with the pumpkin spice. I'm going to tell you, leave your frosted flakes in the original Here's
0: what I will give them. It smells worse than it tastes. It tastes less than it smells, meaning it's not as intense a flavor as it is a smell. Right. It it, by the end of it, you get a hint, like you are getting a hint of pumpkin pie. Like you feel like maybe you just had a piece of pumpkin pie. So they've achieved that. Thing. But however the pumpkin
1: pie taste is the aftertaste, so you're not actually yeah. tasting the pumpkin pie when the
0: frosted... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out.
1: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind
0: all of this is Chris Jenner,
1: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
0: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
1: Flakes are in your mouth.
0: Yeah, no, I don't they, like that. Yeah, no. It's mm, vaguely candle.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Which is the problem
0: with all pumpkin spice <laughs> items. Well,
1: right, because pumpkin pie spice is almost a a smell sensation that you get with a candle, and it's not necessarily something that you want to put in your mouth.
0: Do you like pumpkin spice I do like
1: pumpkin spice stuff, but when it's with actual pumpkin... Like you know, pumpkin like pie. Like actual pumpkin pie. Yeah, yeah, because pumpkin spice is really just cinnamon, cardamom, nutmeg. There was cloves. this
0: whole evolution in the world of, uh, or in the journey of pumpkin spice that we've been on, which is like you know that the journey of Natty Gan or something movie. It's just kind of a mediocre you know, it's movie. A
1: Disney Channel in the eighties.
0: Um, I remember seeing it in the theater. Uh, anyway. Um. There was a part of that journey where we all were like, but it's not pumpkin. Why did they call it pumpkin spice? It doesn't taste like pumpkin. Yeah, what's going on? No, it's not supposed to taste like pumpkin. It's supposed to taste like pumpkin pie spice. But if you say pumpkin pie spice, it's too many words. That's right. It's just pumpkin spice. Yeah. Regardless, I don't really care for pumpkin spice in general. This I care for even less. I would give it, let's say... One out of five Cobras.
1: Bradley, I totally agree. One out of five. I would not buy that. I would not give it to somebody who likes pumpkin pie spice. I was going to say, if you did like
0: pumpkin pie spice, what would you say?
1: Eat some pumpkin pie.
0: Yeah. Just eat. Yeah. Probably better pumpkin pie spice flavored things than... Frosted Flakes.
1: Exactly. Well, I'm not glad that we tried okay, that. I've, Bye. Got a,
0: I've got a... Okay, so that was our Cheat Day Friday official selection for today here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Now for a bonus round. You guys, we are super excited because our good friends at Red Rabbit stopped by because did you know that tomorrow is National Pizza Day? And they brought us pizza. They brought us pizza. I'm going to post pictures on... Uh, insties because there's a pizza get this it's called pizza pb and j pizza real whoa pineapple bacon jalapeno did you get a did you get a pizza
1: no i didn't get any why aren't you trying pizza because i have to come over and do the things because the music's gonna start and i have to push the buttons that i do so well
0: okay well i'm gonna bring you some pizza in the break um thanks again to red rabbit for national pizza day go celebrate national pizza day tomorrow by getting a big fat pie in your face yeah not a pumpkin pie. Not a pizza that kind pie. Of pie. And uh, we'll be right back here on the Colleen and Bradley show uh, after a few bites.
1: With some D-bags.
0: With some D-bags. <laughs> uh, see you soon. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. So we do a segment every day where we make celebrities uh, or we point out celebrity D-bags. Holly, who is your celebrity D-bag for today?
1: Bradley, my celebrity D-bag is one of the original momagers herself. It'll be Dina Lohan, the mother of Lindsay Lohan. Oh, we haven't
0: talked about Dina Lohan other than uh, in the connect- in connection with her being in Celebrity Big Brother, right?
1: Yeah. So Dina Lohan is in fact in the Celebrity Big Brother house right now, as we speak. Season two is happening right now, and Dina Lohan revealed something to some of her other housemates that has me thinking that she- one of two things: one, Dina Lohan is a liar; two. <laughs> oh. Dina Lohan is sad. So, one of the I think both you know, of
0: those things are true, but tell us more.
1: So, Dina Lohan in the Celebrity Big Brother house revealed that she has a special someone in her life. And in fact, she has this special someone in her life. She's been with this person for five years, Bradley. Okay. The thing is, she's never actually met this person in real life.
0: Um, she and, has an imaginary boyfriend.
1: Yeah. And in fact, Bradley. She says, Dina Lohan, that she's going to get married to this imaginary boyfriend someday.
0: Okay. Dina Lohan, crazy mother of Lindsay Lohan, equally crazy daughter, has a boyfriend that she's talked to on the phone for five years, never has actually met, but believes one day she will in fact marry said man.
1: Oh, Dina Lohan said, I've been talking to him for five years like, every day. Oh, okay. A lot. And she says, I feel like I know him. You know, when you talk to somebody on the phone and you feel like you know them. No. Now, she says... Has she watched
0: a show called Catfished?
1: Please. <laughs> in fact, Dina Lohan has been talking to this person on the phone for the past five years.
0: Why? Does she say why she's never met him, uh, much less FaceTimed him?
1: Yeah, well, she hasn't FaceTimed him either. You would think in the year 2019... You could do a little Skyping with somebody. Well, Dina Lohan says the reason that she hasn't met her boyfriend of five years in person is that he lives in San Francisco <laughs> and he's taking care of his elderly mother, who, by the way, Bradley, she has spoken to on the phone with the elderly mother. How so did, so did she, she knows I'm sorry. that this relationship is <clears throat> real.
0: I'm sorry. Did you say how they met?
1: No, I haven't.
0: How did they meet? How does she meet... Uh, A guy who's basically taking care of a shut-in in in San Francisco when she lives on the East Coast and is busy, I don't know, being weird and crazy.
1: Funny you ask that, Bradley.
0: Uh And also, isn't she filming Big Brother in California? So she could maybe, you know... Toodle on up a couple hours north.
1: Might make for some good TV. Isn't that
0: filmed in like Studio City or something? Yeah, it's
1: filmed in Los Angeles. And uh, Tamar Braxton, who's one of her housemates, even offered to go and meet the guy up in the Bay Area. I mean, that would be fantastic. Like, let's go and meet this guy. Now, Dina did not say how she met this guy, but she insists that it's real. And her excuse is some guys some guys. Just don't use iPhones, Brad.
0: Some- he doesn't, what does he have, a flip phone?
1: Probably a rotary phone. And if
0: he's saying <laughs> that like, oh, I don't have a real phone with pictures. I'm telling you, this guy is really... Like uh, a 16-year-old girl Yes. from, you know, Pocatello, Idaho.
1: Yes. And we all know what happens in Pocatello, Idaho.
0: (laughs) It ain't good, but it's going to end up on the side of the road with a hand coming at you.
1: (laughs) Also, this
0: just has whiffs of George Glass all over it. I don't know what that's
1: supposed to smell uh, like. (laughs)
0: Jan's imaginary boyfriend on the Brady Bunch.
1: Oh! Oh, thanks. Sorry, I didn't really get that George Tropicana
0: Glass. (laughs)
1: That's right. Well, I don't, I feel sad for Dina Lohan because either this is completely fake and she's making up this story and it was made up by producers in order to have us read this headline today. Or that Dina Lohan is actually in this relationship with somebody over the phone and she is that sad and is that lonely that she can't even question the fact that somebody is really taking advantage of her
0: here. Both equally uh, bizarre.
1: So, so Dina, I'm sorry. I mean,
0: Dina Lohan you know, you is really truly Dina and uh, what's his name? Michael Lohan. Both of them. I don't know. I don't I, know that there's any hope for them. I don't even think there's any hope for for Lindsay. But. Well,
1: well, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the, the grifter tree, you know. <sighs>
0: <sighs> okay.
1: Where are we going, Brad?
0: From Dina Lohan to Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Ooh. We haven't talked about Kevin Spacey in a while, uh, but specifically we're talking about him today. Of course, the disgraced uh, actor facing legal problems. Of course, one of those legal problems uh, uh, resulted from him behaving badly and sexually assaulting, frankly, Uh a young man uh, on the East Coast. But I need to also tell you about uh, a case from 2018 where a massage therapist filed a lawsuit against Kevin Spacey for allegedly assaulting him at Spacey's Malibu home in 2016. According to the complaint, this massage therapist, who uh, remains anonymous, and that is important to this story, so put a pin in that, Entered Spacey's home to massage him. The therapist then said the actor forced him to rub his genitals. That is that the massage therapist had to touch Kevin Spacey's Spacey.
1: His bits and pieces.
0: uh, Twice. And at one point, Spacey allegedly stood up, tried to kiss him and offered to perform the oral business on him before he was able to leave the room. Now. Why are we talking about that in February of 2019? Yeah. Well, that's why he's our D bag today, because according to the Hollywood Reporter, Spacey's attorneys believe that um, this is, again, the attorneys representing Kevin Spacey believe that the massage therapist's anonymity. Remember, I said that was important because he remains anonymous, quote, violates the longstanding requirement of judicial proceedings being open to the public. So essentially his lawyers are trying to argue that this guy needs to come forward uh, because it's not fair in a court of law to not be named by your accuser.
1: Uh, pretty sure that the tradition of having lawsuits with people going by John and Jane Doe have been a thing for quite some time.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, I'm not
1: a lawyer and I don't play one on TV.
0: And even if I did, I don't care is, does the court, Like, does his anonymity prevent the court from uh, rendering a verdict? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either.
0: Right? They're going to present
1: the evidence.
0: So uh, the only thing I can think of is that they want to bring this guy forward so that they can trash his character in public, which would not be, he would not be the first...
1: Ding, ding, ding. uh,
0: ...defendant to try to do so. And while he may have a legal right or think he has a legal right to do that, uh, let's hope for the sake of the... um, uh, For the sake of the victim in this case, that that does not become a, uh, you know, an actual point of contention.
1: Woof, Ah. Kevin Spacey. Big, big time D-bag.
0: Got yeah. anything else? No, <laughs> I just I really you know, this whole Kevin Spacey thing is just I
1: it's there you it's know a what's many interesting? it's a stinky mm. onion with many layers to I it. I think
0: Kevin Spacey, if you believe the stories that are being told, Kevin Spacey has like a he's a child predator. Yeah. Right? Uh right. but he's always he's also apparently acted out on adults. What's interesting is that the way this particular this particular case makes me think of who?
1: Oh, are you thinking of um Somebody who likes to fly airplanes lives down in Florida. Follows, uh, he likes to work out at Planet Fitness at three in the morning. Yeah,
0: yes. that would be
1: John Travolta. Woo-hoo-hoo.
0: John Travolta, high coming flying, in, coming and high, and not wearing a uh, hairpiece anymore mm-hmm. because he had a problem with uh, massage therapists. And you know what I, what I find interesting about, I'm not saying that John Travolta is a child predator because we've not heard any allegations about him with children. Uh, like we have with Kevin Spacey. You'll remember Kevin Spacey was accused of lying on top of a 14-year-old boy yep. in the name of Anthony Rapp, um, who has come forward and made his name known to the public. Anyway, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, I do buy this this thing of, if you are a closeted celebrity, or you are a person who has not... Um, I, there's just something about, like, you would be acting out in ways that are inappropriate, right? Right. Like, uh, John Travolta acted out, allegedly, with numerous massage therapists. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, I guess I that story has credibility to me for somebody who would be keeping a, a part of themselves secret. And I think that's separate and apart from the whole child predator part of this. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'm not a child predator expert, nor am I a sexual deviant expert. Um, I just think it's interesting that you've got these similar ways of acting out. Um, Also, do you know who else this makes me think of? But with girls?
1: Um, No.
0: Young girls? Massage therapists? Just in the headlines?
1: No, I don't know. I'm sorry. The
0: yacht experience? (laughs)
1: The fire. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked about him at all here at my talk, but that's a whole other story that has a lot of stinky onion layers to it.
0: (laughs) Yes, it does. So what I'm saying is that here's another person who was using massage therapists to get his kicks off because they're in positions where um, I feel like we should do like a whole series on massage therapists because, you know, they're in positions of vulnerability, right? Like if, if you are tasked with, you know, entering a vulnerable space with a person who's a predator. I mean, I just feel like they've got stories to tell anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated. Okay, good. Good story. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thanks for now, being
1: so fascinated. Now, when we
0: come back here on the Colleen oh, and Bradley man. Show, speaking of fascinated, we are endlessly fascinated by the storyline around Wendy Williams and her absence. That is her absence. Apparently she's scared to lose her show, or that she's going to lose her show. Uh Uh-huh. Holly's got the latest on why and why producers might not be helping the matter. We'll find out all the details upon our return right here on My Talk 107one Wendy Williams, where is she? What's going on? Is it really Graves' disease? Did she have a fracture to her shoulder? Why is Nick Cannon trying to make everybody feel like her relationship with her husband who previously heretofore was accused of perhaps cheating on with her and then having a lady who he's cheating on her with live down the street with a baby? We'll find out right here on the Colleen and Bradley show on My MyTalk 1071. Streaming live and doing everything entertainment. 16 degrees below zero wind chill on MyTalk1071.com. Hey, girl. Hey. What's the latest on this Wendy Williams Uh, Story Because apparently now she's scared she's going to lose her dumb show.
1: Yeah, so let's just set the stage again. Wendy Williams has not hosted her show since mid-December when she went on holiday hiatus. We don't know when Wendy Williams is going to come back to her show. They've announced a list of guest hosts throughout the month of February. They haven't announced anybody in March, but I'm imagining that that press release will come out sooner than later. So the headline in page six is that Wendy Williams is, quote, super scared that she will lose her show. So, sources telling Page Six that she is unsettled by the success of her stand-in, specifically Nick Cannon, who has been guest hosting, Jason Biggs, I believe, has been hosting this week, Jerry O'Connell set up to host, Michael Rappaport, a few other people. So, apparently, Wendy Williams being absent from her show hasn't really made the show itself suffer too much. I
0: See, I would think this would be frustrating if you host a show and it's called your name, the Wendy Williams show, and you go away from your show and the ratings don't tank um, uh, miserably then I wonder if people, the longer you're gone, begin to question why, in fact, you're there in the first place.
1: Sure, and if you're to believe Page Six, that's exactly what's happening, is that Nick Cannon apparently has been a really hit, huge hit with her audience, and it's really been tough for her. And I think the fact that Nick Cannon being there, they're already messing with the format. I think that they're doing a, a view-like panel with a bunch of, of commentators doing the hot topics. And she said it's like watching the them screw around with her baby. So that's what the source at page six is saying about Wendy Williams being gone from her show.
0: Now that makes me wonder who this, you know, who's telling that story. Right. Right? Like who's feeding, who's the source and why are they feeding that line?
1: Well, exactly. Now we read a blind item earlier in the show during Blinded by the Item. That's the segment where we solve celebrity blind items. And the blind item would have you to believe that maybe the source of this page six story oh. is Wendy Williams's husband, Kevin Hunter, and his mistress. Now, this would be important because Kevin Hunter is also one of the executive producers on the Wendy Williams show. Yes. So that's fascinating.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is that uh, her husband, even though we just heard from Nick Cannon espouse you know, profusely, On the show in Wendy's absence, that not only was Wendy doing amazing, that she and her husband have an amazing relationship. That was kind of weird.
1: Yeah, considering that, you know, the husband allegedly has a longtime mistress who may be having his baby and they live down the street from Wendy Williams. It's really, really
0: messy. But that behind the scenes, you have uh, her husband actually trying to push her off a cliff. Yeah. Um, But what would that benefit him as the production uh, or as the person behind the scenes of the show
1: Well, you know that's a good question to ask Bradley like how would how would Kevin Hunter benefit from that that I'm not sure that we can answer that right now. But if you go over to the Daily Mail, it seems that if Wendy Williams doesn't come back to her own talk show, it may benefit everyone who's actually working on the Wendy Williams show because there are producers who are dishing the dish over at the Daily Mail saying that the the show actually and the climate on the Wendy Williams show is much better without Wendy Williams being there and specifically Kevin Hunter, too. So that also leads maybe who's actually leaking these stories. So the Daily Mail reporting that staff at the Wendy Williams show are really happy with Nick Cannon, Jerry O'Connell. In fact, they would love it if one of those guys took over the hosting duties permanently during this talk show.
0: Well, and even if that's not true, here's another wrinkle. You do you could see how somebody like Nick Cannon would be pushing stories that would make him look like he's doing an amazing job, not even just because he wants to do that show permanently. Like, let's just assume she's going to come back someday. Yeah. But that he is angling to get some sort of opportunity post hosting for Wendy Williams. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and of you course. could take these stories to a network and say, you know, look, these people want Nick Cannon to have his own show. Totally. Wendy Williams' own staff was hoping that he would take over for her. Like, I could just see a world in which Nick Cannon has people sprinkling things to page six um, that make him look like he's, you know, doing the Lord's work. And meanwhile, he's being two-faced about it, and it wouldn't be the first celebrity to do this. He's going on the show itself and, you know... f effusively praising the host in her absence well
1: of course he's going to service that narrative because he realizes like look this might not necessarily be the nick cannon show it is the wendy williams show but me doing a good job on this show will mean the nick cannon show could be just two steps away
0: yeah see you gotta think oh man you can't just take everything at face value guys because i can hear the people out there Lori and Julia, who would say like, <laughs> what? That's too complicated. I don't know. What you're I think Wendy Williams, she just has some Graves disease and she'll be back. Meanwhile,
1: again, we don't know when Wendy Williams is going to come back to her own show. She hasn't said anything. This is an indefinite hiatus until Had- we've been notified otherwise.
0: Speaking of Lori and Julia here on the Colina Bradley show yeah. uh, regarding... Um,
1: Wendy Williams? Wendy Williams.
0: Have they talked about her at all?
1: Uh, yes, Lori and Julia have talked about Wendy Williams. Now they think that there is definitely something going on between Kevin Hunter, the husband, and Wendy Williams. He's also her manager, and so there's that kind of relationship that's also going on. I think basically they're kind of like he is the you know not so good person in this situation, sure. and that perhaps he's influencing Wendy in ways that will not behoove her in the end. Yeah.
0: OK, well, we're going to behoove ourselves to break. And uh, when we come back, we've got some Grammy shmammy talk we need to tell you about. Uh, we'll get to all the latest on what to look for at the Grammys. A little stinky
1: barbecue finger.
0: Oh, let's play some stinky barbecue finger when we come back right here on My Talk one oh seven one.
2: As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help.